So today I want to talk to you um, about developing a habit of prayer. We're going to continue in that series. Amen. All right. So turn to 1 John chapter 5. We'll get there in a minute. All right. Just a few moments. Just turn there and then uh, we'll be there in a moment. Amen. Developing a habit of prayer. Here we go. You know, I was thinking about this story of this uh, man who took his young son into town because he had to run some errands. And he took his young son with him, and they were running errands, and all of a sudden they got hungry around lunchtime. So at lunchtime, they went to uh, a favorite local diner, and when they got to the diner, uh, the father raised his young son up on the stool next to him, and, you know, they're going to eat together. And uh, they ordered their sandwich, and, you know, when the, when the waiter brought their food, the father said, okay, son, we're just going to do a silent prayer. Today, we're just going to do a silent prayer. So said, okay. So they both bowed their head and uh, they began to pray. And dad got through praying first. And um, he was waiting for the boy to finish. And to finish. And he looked over at his son. His son had his head down for an unusually long time. And when his son finally looked up, his father asked him, what in the world were you praying for? You know, you had your head down for a long time. What were you praying about? What were you praying for? And with the innocence and honesty of a child, he replied, how would I know? It's a silent prayer. <laughs> you told me to be silent. God doesn't want us to be silent in our prayers. Amen. I understand that, uh, you know, meditation is a good thing. It is. It is an absolutely uh, beneficial thing for us to do, to meditate, to, to be in silent, those moments of silence. But when we're speaking to God, he does not want us to be silent in our prayers. Amen. How many of you have ever had a time in your life where you've wondered, does God even hear my prayer? Does God even hear me? Am I praying against a brass ceiling or the heavens brass? Does, does, does God hear me? Well, we know that God understands our every thought and the deepest desires of our heart. In fact, David said in Psalm 139, 4, that before I even speak a word, you know what I will say. So we know this, that God knows us. However, since we understand that God knows everything about us, why do we so often hold back in our prayers? So often we come with this false humility and we, we hold back in our prayers. I used to be the person that, that would think, you know, I really shouldn't bother God as much with these trivial matters, with these seemingly insignificant or insignificant prayer requests and concerns that I have. But if the eternal God, the God of the universe knows every thought of our mind, then he wants to hear every prayer of your heart. Come on, somebody. He wants to know it. I want to talk to you today for a few moments about the boldness of prayer. The boldness of prayer. And the boldness that we're talking about here in a biblical sense, it's not a personality trait. Okay? It's not an arrogant personality trait. A typically soft-spoken, reserved person, calm person, can be bold at a time when a typically driven, outspoken, brash person shrinks back. 
Come on. Boldness is acting by the power of the Holy Spirit on an urgent conviction or to face some threat. We don't shrink back. It's time for us as a church to take ground and not sit back. You know, so often we, 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 we have this attitude, uh, even when it comes to spiritual warfare, of, uh, you know, we have to protect ourselves against the attacks of the enemy. Understandably so. We have, to, we have to protect ourselves. Yes, we have the shield of faith. We have the breastplate of righteousness. We have to be wary because the enemy comes at you all kind of ways. But I want to tell you something, saints. I want to tell you something that God is calling for a people who will not sit back and wait for the enemy to attack, but a people that will go on the attack. Come on, somebody. God is looking for a people who are ready to get up and say, let's go. Let's go. Let's go get our stuff back. What the enemy stole from us. All of it. Not, not just material things, but those too. But our joy, our peace, our marriages, our children, our morality, our character, our integrity. Let's get it back. Because it's not just going to come if we sit back. We sit on the couch. It's not just going to come. And it's not going to come by us praying small little teeny weeny prayers. Oh God, I know you can do it. And we're, we're shedding tears before God. Now listen. You know I don't want to offend you. I've said it a hundred times and I'll say it again. I don't want to offend you because I believe God gave us emotions and they're for a purpose. He wouldn't have given them to us if there wasn't a purpose for our emotions. We have a purpose for them. But when you allow your emotions to control you and you think that your tears are moving the hand of God. Now, I know, I know somebody might say, well, now, hold on a second. That's not what I felt my whole life. That's not what I've been taught. But I'm going to tell you, why don't you just read the Bible? Because the Bible says that you can't even please God without faith. Come on, you can't even please him. It don't say you can't please him with, without tears. doesn't say you can't please him without begging. It says you can't please him without faith. God is looking for people to stand up and say, let's go. Let's go. Come on, let's go. 1 John 5, 12. Beginning of verse 12, chapter 5 says it this way. It says, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. The things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name, the name, the name of the Son of God. Now this. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Come on. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we ask for. We know it. We have a confidence See, we know that we can not only come boldly to the throne of grace, but also with a confidence that he hears what we, we will say. He will not ignore us. He does not turn his back to us. And this is based on our relationship with him. Now, listen, last week I told you I was on Front Street. Come on, this is just the Holy Spirit. He's fronting me too. Come on. 
We're going to be on Front Street today, too. If you're a person that, that feels like, you know, it just seems like God is not hearing me and, and I'm saying all the right things and I'm quoting all the right scriptures and I'm, I'm a good person and I'm kind to people, but it just seems like my spiritual life is not advancing. Perhaps it could have something to do with your relationship with God and that could have something to do with your prayer life. Come on, somebody. That could have something to do with your prayer life. See, because somebody told you something once 10 years ago and you haven't talked to them since then, don't think that it's the same today. You need to get in touch. You need to get in touch and catch up. Come on, somebody. You need to get in touch. Now, this word boldness is like this word confidence. We have a confidence in him. This word confidence means this. It comes from this Greek word parisia, and it literally means freedom and boldness in speaking. Speaking openly, boldly, without restraint. Why? Why? How can we do that? Because you are sure of what you know to be true. Nothing wavering. Nothing wavering. I'm sure of my relationship with God. And if you're not sure this morning, I, who, am, who would I be to condemn you? I'm not condemning you, but I hope this word convicts you to let you know that it's not on God. It's on you. Because God is here. God never turns his back on us. God never walks away from us. It is always 100% of the time us who leave God. It is never him who leaves us. But the good news is, just as Jesus told the story of the prodigal son, the good news is all you got to do is come home. You know, I mean, to be truthful, to be honest, he, really, he ain't even mad at you, to be honest. That's the devil telling you that. Don't go back. You know he's mad. Now listen, you go back. You know you're going to get it. You're going to get it up, up one side and down the other. You go back there. You better not go back there. Prodigal son had a story. He had rehearsed his speech. You remember reading that in Luke 15? We're not going to go through it today, but read that sometime. He had rehearsed his speech. I'm, I'm going to go back because even the servants in my father's house have it better than this. I'm here with these, these pigs, these hogs, and I'm going to go back and I'm going to say this and I'm going to do that. And he ran and he said, Father, and his dad ran to him and grabbed him and kissed his neck. said, come on, boy. Come on back home. I've been waiting on you. It's not that I don't want to hear what you got to say, but I don't want to hear what you got to say. Come on in here. Put this robe on. God is waiting on you. All you got to do is come back. That's all he's saying. Just come on back. Come on home. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. See, we, we would know this if we had a prayer life. <laughs> because prayer, the prayer through faith is the real power. Prayer is the fire that burns up the dross and refines our spirit. Prayer through faith is, is, is what moves God's people forward into the mighty works of God. Prayer surrounds everything, is above everything, on the side of everything, and is under everything. Prayer is the key to our success. Come on. Because you gain faith through prayer. When God speaks to you, Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Let me tell you something this morning. That's not some preacher preaching. You might think that. Oh, I went, to, I went to church this morning. I heard the word of God. And so now I got more faith. But that's not what that word means. That word is the Greek word rhema. It means to breathe the word of God. It mean, it's it's when, 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 when Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Well, some say that you're, you're Elias. Some say that you're, who do you say that I am? You're the Messiah. That's a breathed word from God, Peter. You weren't taught that. 
You weren't taught that, but you were revealed that by my Father in heaven. A breathed word of God brings faith, and you get that in prayer. You get that in prayer. Come on, somebody. Listen, prayer is the key. We can say it like this. Much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer. Come on, somebody. Wonder why you don't have power. You're not in touch with God. You're not in touch with your father. He said, I got everything. I got everything you need. I got your promotion. I got your provision. I got your healing. I got your deliverance. I got your restoration. I got everything that you need. And not only that, I got everything that you want. Because <laughs> I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. And then when I do that, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. Acts 1.14 says, they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers, all of them there together, continuing in prayer. Acts 2.42 says, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, the breaking of bread, y'all know we like to eat, uh, and in prayers. Come on. They continued in prayers. And then Acts 3.1, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. They did not forsake prayer. They did not forsake prayer. I hope the Lord is getting into your spirit this morning as he speaks to you for a few minutes. The importance of prayer. The importance of prayer. Now, for those of you who have not been here for the duration of this series, uh, and those of you who may have forgotten, you know, we talked a little bit about how prayer, you might think, well, okay, it's so important to pray. So that means I need to learn how to pray. That means I better spend some time with Brother James because Brother James knows how to pray. I better spend some time with Brother Eldon or, or, or Sister Deidre and learn the words that they say and how they say it and their inflection and all of those kind of things. Jesus said, listen, no, 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 you don't have to do all that. You don't have to do all that. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. See, I'm not against much prayer. I, and I'm not against using King James words when you pray. It's all right with me. It's, it's, it's perfectly fine. Nothing wrong with it. I think what Jesus has a problem with is you thinking that because you use those words, it brings you closer to him. It's not the words that bring you closer to him. It's your heart. You can talk any way you want. You can speak King James. You can speak NIV. You can speak GNT, you can speak MSG, come on, whichever one. But your heart, if your heart is there, God knows it. He's saying, come on, I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. Let me give you the attributes of, of the boldness of prayer, some attributes of, of bold prayer. Because we're talking about this, we're talking about being bold. Now, don't forget, anytime you go on the attack, anytime that, that you make a stand, the first thing that's going to happen, number one, is the boldness is going to, is going to trigger spiritual opposition. Come on, because the devil don't want you to be bold. See, when you're just sitting back, come on, when you're just sitting back on your couch, you're just watching the game, you're watching whatever it is, you're watching this new reality TV show, and you're laughing, and you're not doing anything, you don't spend any time with God, that's all you do. The devil leave you alone. Everything is cool, right? Your bills even may be paid. You got a little something to eat, and you're just floating along. Everything is cool. He ain't coming against you. But the moment you say, you know what? I'm going to do my devotion every day this week. I'm going to get a little bit closer to God and see what God wants me to do, how I can be on the attack. Oh, they're going to come against you. 
They're going to come against you. Acts 5.18 says they arrested the apostles and put them in public jail for everybody to see. Why? Because they were being bold. We know anytime you speak out and stand up for God that there will be opposition. There will be opposition. But listen, also realize this, that anytime you seek to get closer to God, especially as it relates to having confidence and boldness in your relationship with him, there's going to be greater opposition. Greater opposition because the enemy's like, you serious now. Oh, I, I saw you go down to the courthouse and pray a little bit and I, I kind of came against you. But now in your private time when nobody's looking, you going to God and you seeking him. Oh, you serious now? Oh, I got, to, I got to pull out all the stops. I got to come against you. But this is what, uh, this is what Peter's saying. <laughs> confidence in your relationship with God manifests itself in the boldness of your prayer. How confident are you in your relationship? Because it will manifest itself in the boldness of your prayers. Review your prayer sometime and see how you pray. Because if you pray timid, oh Lord, please just help me, Lord. And if that's your only prayer, then you're not very confident in your relationship with God. Come on. And listen, if that's you, fine. Just start from where you are and move forward. No problem at all. No problem. Listen, you don't have to look backwards. You don't have to worry about it. The devil wants to keep you back there. But God is saying, I'm not condemning you for that. Just come on forward. Because a man with his hand to the plow looking backward is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. So stop looking backward and go forward. Come on. Peter put it this way in 1 Peter 4.12. He said, dear friends, don't be surprised by the fiery ordeal that has come to you to test you as though something strange was happening to you. I told you this was going to happen. The enemy's going to come against you. But you see, the second thing that happens is when you have a, a spiritual boldness and you go to the throne boldly, you obtain mercy and you acquire grace from God. Hebrews 4.16 says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us out when we need it most. When we need it most. You would think that when you mess up, when you fall short and when you stumble, that you got to say, well, I'm just going to have to go with my hat in hand and tears on my face and I'm going to have to grovel a little bit. But you know, the funny thing about God is he don't want you to do that. When you mess up, when you need it most, when you, I'm talking about when you really, see, a lot of y'all probably ain't never really, really messed up. I done done some things in my life, bro. I, I done messed up. Come on now. I done, I done messed up. Okay. And I said, I don't even want to, I don't even, God, don't look at me. Don't look at me. <laughs> I don't even want you to look at me because you don't want to see this. Right? But that's the time God said, come on. Doors open. You come boldly. That's how much I love you. Come on. Come boldly to the throne of grace. This is where I'm going to give you mercy and grace when you need it the most. Now, we know 1 Peter 5, 6 would say, be humble in the presence of God's mighty power, that he will honor you, all right? But anyone that has a relationship with God would know, all right, we need to be humble with God. But God doesn't want us to be afraid to come to him. He wants us to be confident in his love toward us, so much so that when we are, uh, we know who we are. Come on. 
And he, he pours his mercy, he pours his grace on us right when we need it. We need to be confident, straightforward, and not beat around the bush when we come to God. Parents, parents might know this. Parents might be able to understand this a little bit. You know, when, you're, when your son come to you, well, you know, Dad, uh, what happened? Okay, remember, uh, okay, remember, you wasn't there the other day. But you remember when I was in uh, downstairs? Uh, you probably don't remember when I was downstairs. Boy, what is it? What did you do? <laughs> Just get to the point. That's how we do God sometimes. Come on. I already know everything that you're going through, but I want to hear it from you. Don't be afraid to come to me. Don't be afraid to come to me. Why? Because the third thing is boldness releases miracles. Boldness releases miracles in your life, in the life of others. Come on. In Acts chapter 5, verse 17, says the high priest and the officials who were the Sadducees, uh, they were filled with jealousy. Don't be, don't be, don't be shocked when they come against you. They arrested the apostles. They put them in public jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, brought them out. And he told them, go to the temple. Watch this. Listen to this. I know I don't have it up here, but just listen. Uh, he, he got them out of jail, opened the gates, and he immediately said, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. <laughs> I'm not just getting you out of jail so you can go, whew, I'm glad I got out of that. I ain't doing that no more. Uh-uh. You're getting out of jail so you can continue with what you was doing. Keep on going. <laughs> Come on, keep on going. And they did. They did. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple as they were told and immediately began teaching. This is what God is looking for. This is what God is looking for. He's looking for a people who are not going to back down, who are not going to shrink back. Even when opposition comes against you, even when you get thrown in jail, as it were, even when you get talked about, even when you get offended, even when you get pressed down and crushed, he's looking for some people who will stand back up and say, I ain't done yet. I ain't done yet. I'm still here. I'm, that's what I love about the church. Oh, Lord, I don't want to get off track. I just got a couple more. But this is what I love about the church. You know, people will talk about the church. Y'all ain't nothing but some hypocrites. Right. And and, and, and y'all so arrogant and, and they'll talk about us. But here's what I want to tell you. Two thousand years, all the stuff that has happened. Name all the things that have happened. Come on, dark ages, whatever you want to name. Anything. COVID. Guess what? We still here. We still here. <laughs> we are still here. Why? Because Jesus still rose from the grave. Come on. He's still seated at the right hand of the Father. He's still the Alpha and the Omega. Come on. He's still the Rose of Sharon. We are still here. But boldness releases miracles. See, this passage gives you some insight into how God operates and, and how he responds. James chapter 1, verse 5. Listen to it from the New Living Translation. It says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. That's my favorite word, upbraideth not in the King James. Sister Sharon, come on. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalties is as unsettled as a wave of the sea and is blown and tossed with the wind. Such people should not expect anything 
from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided. That's the double mind. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. They're unstable in everything they do. Don't be wishy-washy. Don't be a wishy-washy Christian. Listen, you either a Christian or you're not. Come on now. We, I told you, God don't have gray areas. We have gray areas. God don't have gray areas. You either believe him or you don't. Come on. You're either a Christian or you're not. You're not kind of a Christian. You're not like, well, I'm a Christian. I used to, <laughs> I used to ride to work with a guy years ago uh, when I worked for AT&T. And this guy, we were talking, I was, I was witnessing to him on our, on our drive uh, to work this one morning, and I was talking to him about the Bible. I said, yeah, you believe in, in the Bible, and you believe in the Word of God? He said, yeah, you know, I, I believe in the Bible, and, you know, but I also believe in the Koran, and I also believe in, you know, Hinduism, and I also believe in all these things. And I said, man, how can you believe in all this stuff? He said, well, you know, it's just that the Bible, I believe, you know, everything in it, just except that part about, you know, Jesus dying on the cross, everything except that. I said, brother, you may as well just throw it away. Don't believe, because that's what the whole Bible is about. You know, listen, I, I told him, I was about to say his name. I ain't going to say his name just in case. You never know. But I, I said, listen, brother, I said, listen, uh, I, I don't know about Hinduism and Confucianism and, you know, the, the, the fat guy up on the mountain, you know, trying to show you the way and all these things. I said, but listen, the God I serve, Jesus said, I am the way. Ain't no other way. No, no, ain't no other way. I'm a nice guy. You know, I'll help you out. I'll give you mercy and grace. But when it comes to salvation, ain't nobody bad like me. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one comes to the Father except but me. I said, that's the God I serve. Now, I don't know about you. You can read all the different books you want to. But when it comes to this, there's only one way. One way. You need to understand that boldness is contagious. Philippians 1 verse 14 says, so through my being in prison, Paul said, uh, the Lord has given most of our brothers and sisters confidence to speak God's word more boldly and fearlessly than ever. What was Paul saying here? He said, I wasn't shocked when they threw me in prison for speaking boldly. And because everybody else saw what I went through and I kept going, they became bold as well. Boldness becomes contagious. Other people see that and they become bold as well. Why? Because the prayer of the righteous person has great power, availeth much. Come on, somebody. Praying boldly is the most effective way believers can make a difference in their families, in their communities, in their churches. Praying boldly is the most effective way. It makes a difference when we pray and witness divine intervention in our lives. And we, we, we witness how God works in our own issues. Other people see it as well. And a wonderful thing happens when we pray boldly and see the results of those prayers in our lives. Others begin to act. Paul described this phenomenon in this scripture here in, first, uh, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 14. His imprisonment for being bold for Christ emboldened other Christians. And we've all experienced this in some way. The best way to start a movement of bold witnesses is to step out and be bold yourself. The, way, the best way for the life church to affect our community and other churches in our community who preach Jesus to affect it is to be bold ourselves and step out and don't shrink back. And then the last thing is, now, boldness requires faith. Boldness requires faith. You don't have faith, you're not going to be able to be bold. Come on. 
Matthew 21, uh, verse 21, put it this way. Jesus said to them, for sure, I tell you this. If you have faith and do not doubt, you will be able to do what was done to this fig tree. This is right after he cursed the fig tree. And they came back and they saw that it, it, now listen, the fig tree, you know, you talk about the fig tree. A lot of people read that story about the fig tree and they say, well, there's a thing in there about it wasn't the season for figs. So why would Jesus do that? But if you read the story, it says Jesus looked at it and there were leaves on the tree. Only time you see leaves on a tree is when it's ready to produce. Come on, somebody. So he expected it to produce. And when it didn't, he cursed it from the root. And when they came back the next day, they were astonished. Oh, look at the tree. Look at the tree. And then Jesus said, I tell you this, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only be able to do what was done for this fig tree, you'll be able to say to this mountain, come on, move from here, be thrown into the sea, and it will be done. All things you ask for in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. If you have faith. We talk a lot about God's unconditional love. And I believe that God does love us unconditionally. But there are some conditions to serving the Lord. If you have faith. If you have faith. When Jesus traveled from town to town performing miracles of healing and casting out evil spirits and restoration, he would also credit the miracle. Watch this now, please. Watch this. We're almost done. Watch this. He would often credit the miracle, uh, not credit it to himself, but he would credit the miracle to the faith of the person that he healed. In Matthew 9, 22, after healing the woman with the issue of blood, he said she had it for 12 years. He said to her, be of good cheer, daughter, your faith, your, your faith has made you whole. Down in verse uh, uh, 28 and 29 of that same chapter, Matthew chapter 9, uh, Jesus healed two blind men. And he first asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, yes, Rabbi, we, we believe that you're able to do this, okay? Do you believe I'm able to heal you? Yes. And then he said this, he said these words. According to your faith, let it be done. According to your faith. I believe Jesus is here this morning saying to you, according to your faith, let it be done. So it stands the reason that when we come to God, we must come in faith, nothing wavering. We're talking about going boldly. We're talking about the boldness of prayer this morning. Come on. The devil has tricked us into thinking that God is a no God. He, he's tricked us into thinking that, uh, you know, when you hear this, when you hear this saying that says, uh, you know, listen, uh, you just have to trust God. Whatever God says, you know, that, that, that's what you have to, that's what you have to trust. A true saying. But in your mind, do you begin to think, well, that is true. So I'm just preparing myself for a no, just in case, because I figure God's probably going to say no. You, you immediately lean toward that. But listen to this. Listen to 2 Corinthians 1.20. You've heard it. You've read it. Get it in your spirit this morning. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all, somebody say all. All the promises of God in him are yes and amen to the glory of God through us. Why? Because it glorifies him when you appropriate a promise of God for yourself. When you are blessed by God and his word, it glorifies him. It glorifies him. 
For the last 2,000 plus years, Jesus has been seated at the right hand of the Father where he ever lives to make intercession for anyone who comes in faith. The Lord has been fighting for every believer, that means you, who has come, come boldly and honestly to him in prayer. And so this morning, if you're willing to seek his assistance nonstop until you get it, come on, Jesus will step up to the plate and fight for you. He's there. More than 2,000 years ago, Jesus died for you on the cross. But today, right at this very moment, he's living to fight for your every need. Your every need. There isn't one need in your life that God doesn't care about. He cares about every, isn't that the best news you've ever heard in your life? He is here this morning fighting for your every need. One caveat, one caveat, according to your faith, let it be done to you. You still want to slough off prayer? You still want to say, I don't have time to pray? When God says, I have everything for you, I have everything for you, I have everything. You still want to turn your back on God? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you still want to turn your back on God and say, I don't have time for you. I got time to, to, to go to work and I got time to stop by the cleaners and I got time to get something to eat and I got time to watch the game and I got time to, but for you, just hang on. I mean, I get to you on Thursday when he has everything for you. Here, let me just say this. Let me say this. Understand, understand the principle of tithing. Okay, immediately what you think about money, he's going to get, get taken off. I'm not taking an offering. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about 10%, giving the first 10% to God. Do you know that that will also work with your time? You know that would also work with your time? If you give the best and the first 10% of your time to God, the rest will be blessed. See, he'll, he'll, he'll give you, he'll expand. You'll be able to do things. I didn't think I had time, but I got 20. You ever had a day like that? When you had so much to do, and then you got all of it done, you say, well, most of the time we have the opposite days. But I've had, I had a few days like that where I said, man, I got, and it makes you feel good, doesn't it? Man, I got all this stuff done. Yeah, that's right. Looking good. I got that. All right. Now I can, I can sit and watch the game. I can watch my program. God is saying, give me 10%. I'll bless all the rest of your time. I will bless it. I'll multiply it. <laughs> Come on. I will bless your time. That's what he's telling you. And so this next week, as we go into this next week, this is our last week of these devotions. I want to encourage you to keep having devotions. This is not your last week of having a devotion ever. But the devotions we're having specific to developing a habit of prayer, the message series, okay? So our last week come up. I want to encourage you, either do what we're doing in the Right Now Media or take some time yourself. Take some time every day this coming week and see how God moves in your life. And I'm this is why we save this one till today. Go boldly before the throne of grace. Go boldly before the throne of grace.